Welcome to the Unnamed Podcast. That's going to be it for the moment, because I have no idea what to name this in the interim. Until that point, I'm sure I will just leave it, leave this as a placeholder, or just edit this out later, and just replace it with whatever the podcast name ends up being. My, I'm your host, Drew. Uh, to my right would be Orlando, and to my front would be Philip. Tonight we're going to be discussing the perpetual clash between comedy and polite society as a whole. We've, the, the, the concept here is, ta- is not targeting specific aspects of polite society, such as political correctness or the concept of the social contract, but the whole, the, the, but, but tackling each of these parts equivalent to the whole of the conflict. As, as such, um, I think at the point we should probably just talk about the obvious elephant in the room, which is the political correctness problem with regards to comedy. And uh, I'll start with people who actually have a little bit of experience in comedy as a whole, and I'll start with Felonius here, Philip. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a big problem normally. Um, and you go and you say it's polite society, which leads one to ask oneself what really is polite society. But that's a whole other bucket of decapitated children. See, now what I said there, people could think, consider it offensive. And to them, I say they should go fuck themselves. But that's my right to say so. And I believe that you should be able to say whatever you want, but you should also be willing to accept whatever consequences come your way when you say that. Agreed. The, the concept is, is there's, a temper, there's a tempering of consequences that should occur, especially in American society. The, the back and forth has always been, yes, freedom of, freedom, for, freedom of speech, not freedom from consequences. And to a point, that is absolutely correct. As far as the actual freedom of speech is concerned, you cannot be you cannot be targeted by the government for what you do. But moreover, you can't you shouldn't be able to be targeted by uh, corporations and the such. But the way things play out, that that doesn't end up being the case. But as far as comedy is concerned, the very it's it's very core. I mean, you want I guess at that point you really have to define what comedy would be or or bring up the actual definition of comedy and. As at the moment, I'm currently using my phone as the recording device, so I will pass that over to people who actually have tablets and phones for that. You ask me, you might as well just look up dry bar comedy. Dry bar comedy. I actually have some experience in that recently because I, when I was hanging out with a, with a mutual friend of ours, uh, she had some dry bar comedy that she was watching that she enjoyed, and I couldn't really get into it. And that's perfectly fine because it's it's the idea of what it what what concepts to believe of clean style comedy mm. without controversy, without pushing things to the extreme, without pushing that bar that we tend to associate comedy with. And eh, it feels so underwhelming for the most part. I've 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 listened to several comedians under dry bar comedy and you might get a chuckle and but most of the time you just look at them and just be like where's the punchline here where's the where's the laughter here so philip philip do you have the actual death comedy uh comedy is a noun Ooh. um a professional entertainment consisting of jokes and satirical sketches 
and it ended to make an audience laugh. I think that definition is really kind of lacking, and my belief is that comedy is basically uh, a coping mechanism for deeply, deeply disturbed individuals um, in their way of trying to go and share the human experience and find some humor in it in order to kind of relieve the pressure valve that, you know, is, I mean, I, how many of us know the trope of, you know, the comedian who is, you know, makes everyone else laugh and is crying on the inside? The old Pagliacci the Clown joke. There you go. <laughs> We've already... Not to bring up Watchmen in this, but that, that, they're not the ones who originated that joke, so. We already have a few examples, such as, rest in peace, the late Robin Williams, a comedian himself Oof. who had it, who spent his entire career making people laugh, but he himself was quite conflicted with many personal issues. Yeah, and that's honestly the major thing for me. My experience with comedy is such that when I was growing up in uh, in high school, I was when I lived out in Las Vegas with my mom and my stepfather. My stepfather worked for a comedy club doing lights and sound, and <clears throat> I had access to a dozen and a half different comedians at any given point especially after I turned 18 and it was a heck of a lot easier for me to really be be part of that group and really get to talking to some of them like that wasn't in-depth conversations because you're in a green room you're not going to be having a really in-depth conversation they're trying to psych themselves up for their act but like um getting to talk to people and really understanding because like my stepdad had a very intimate understanding of these people and their workings because he just worked with them like Richard Jenny is one of those people one of those comedy people that I loved watching when I was younger but realizing how fucking haunted he ended up being and him killing himself was just sad and those who don't know who Richard Jenny is well eh. he's um anybody who's seen the movie The Mask he was the funny friend hmm. that's Richard Jenny and okay. he yeah he had a really, really interesting comedy act back in the yeah. 90s. I'm looking up, uh, trying to look up a list of all the comedians that have killed themselves. And, like, for famous ones, it's very right in here, Richard Jenny, mm -hmm. 15. Um, Wait, can I see that photo? Yeah, well, this guy. You've seen him. You've seen, he's, been, he's been in something. He's yeah. been in The Mask. Yeah, well, I mean, The Mask. That's, that's one of them. I think he, maybe he did another movie? But that's the only one that I've ever known him from, and his comedy special on Comedy Central. Comedy Central it was a wellspring of comedy back in the day, and I watched a shit ton of. And, and this particular episode, we're going to be swearing because it feels it, it feels effective to the actual trope. We're not going to be nearly as you know foul mouth when it comes to a lot of the more philosophical stuff as we go forward. Am I fight me? I'm not going to stop anybody from doing it. I'm just going to say I'm not going out of my way. Peppering it in the way in that way is fine, especially in the current context of what we're talking about. For for me, it's, and especially now in my later years where I'm kind of, the, the internet has very much drained me of a lot of the aspects of humor that I have, but I still appreciate people who still go the lengths. Like Tosh, Daniel Tosh is absolutely hysterical because he, he's just, he's just a studded baseball bat repeatedly to the temple. And I appreciate that level of shock humor. And that's kind of what it is. It's they, I believe the the actual technical term is going blue. No, I believe yeah, that's what I've heard. And blue, it's supposed to be blue comedy or blue. Uh, the the concept of blue comedy is you know you're saying you're, you're say, using profanity 
and you know, the Andrew Dice Clay would be a great example of what that would be. Uh, Somebody who just uses extreme, you know. I hate to think of Andrew Dice Clay as a like example of comedy, though. Just because he doesn't rub you the right way doesn't mean he didn't rub others the right way. Yeah, fine. Good name, fine. Um, Most of them are comedians. <laughs> there are people who are comedians for other comedians. It's it's weird. That is true. I've heard of the comedians comedian. Hmm? And back when there were more game shows and stuff like that, like tried to give a break to a comedian, I'm like, didn't I see this guy on some other comedian show? And it's like, yeah, they really, because... It's an art, mm-hmm. you know. Most like any any performance is an art. Kind of reminds me of Dean Martin and his celebrity roasts. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, they, I keep forgetting the guy who does them. There's another guy who does a bunch of roasts besides Dean Martin, but like that's what he's known for is doing his roasts. I can't remember his name either, but again, we all have ta- you all have tablets. Um, he's referred to as the roast master general. If you looked yeah. it up on Google, he would pop up. You're up. You're on this one, Because I remember what in the late in the late nineties, early two thousands, when those roasts became very 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 popular. The there was Greg Giraldo um, and uh, Jim Norton, and those guys were on almost every freaking roast ever. It makes me wonder, like, what it must have been like to be in the Friars Club at that time, like you know, before things were really a popular thing. Thing like before they were televising freaking Jeff Ross. Jeff, Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross. Oh my! You say it and immediately. He's got such I, a plain name, and that's why yeah. it kind of just flows out of your head. It's like I don't know what the fuck his name is. Yeah, it's like would I would I go and pay to see the guy? Like probably not off the bat. I wouldn't say it's pay to see a stand-up. Would I pay to see like him roast someone? Yeah, I mean, good what he's good at. Yeah. It's it's it is what it is. The, the, there there are different calibers of comedy, and yes, you could go dry bar and. I appreciate it for what it is. It's a challenge. Because I've watched dry bars, these people, like, you can tell they want to say the word fuck. And they do their best not to do so. And that's fair. And they clean up their act so hard. It's like, I appreciate what they're attempting to do. Is it entertaining? No, because I'm numb. It has nothing to do with comedy as a whole. But, like, I've watched so much shit and laughed so hard at comedians who swung at eight different ty- at eight different levels. And for me, dry bar is just, it's, it's background noise. It's like, it's like what Razor Fist said. It's hard, to, it's hard to laugh at a joke where you, back in the day you would roar, you would roar out laughing um, at your mama jokes, and now you can't quite handle the same without having somebody dying in a joke. Yeah, the, because it, it all ties to what's going on in society at that moment. And in a lot in a lot of cases, especially because of social media, and the yeah. then the accessibility of global news, you just kind of shut off to the point where only the most shocking shit's gonna make you react. And I feel so horrible for comedians just on that front. But couple that with having to contend with, and having always to have to contend with fucking. Uh, George Carlin's constant butting heads with polite society, mm-hmm. the government in some cases with a lot of these with these comedians. I, I, I don't, I can't imagine it was anything they ever wanted to do, but they did it. They well, did it for the craft, or they just did it for a buck in some I, cases. I really think that you know you you're doing comedy is not something that any sane individual goes and does and thinks they're going to become a millionaire doing. Absolutely. You know, it's just like any art. You know, if you think you're going to become a millionaire doing this, if that's your goal to set off, then you might as well just quit because you're you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. 
it's like any any art you're expressing yourself and when you ask someone to censor themselves you're basically saying i find part of you offensive and that can be deeply hurtful that's why i think you see so many comedians out there they just eviscerate hecklers because you're going and you're taking off that the gritty armor that you go through day to day being a what's most likely a very a very empathetic person you know that you've had to go and store that away because you know a lot of things hurt you're going and cracking your shell and burying your you know squishy your squishy underbelly to all these people and saying, isn't it kind of funny how screwed up I am? And isn't it kind of funny how screwed up all of us are? And when someone goes and says, well, you can't say that because just you thought that. I've had some dark thoughts and some of them are funny. You know, if you don't find humor in dark places, then all you find is terror. And that's got to be awful. Yeah, imagine Bob Saget being a terror instead of being a hilarious guy for being a, a comedian that just knocks you right out of left center because all you can think about is full house when you see the guy. Oh God! I, I give you I give him perfectly perfectly effective credit because as a kid I didn't even know he was a stand up comedian. I love seeing him on SNL when he hosted and it just like was him writing all ass and titties on something instead of sign autographing it because you you see this whole this whole thing of him like raising these children in Full House. I thought it was part of the funny parts of his performance is he's probably like, I would never be raising these kids. Are you insane? It's, it's before noon. What the fuck am I doing awake? <laughs> That's every comedian, though. <laughs> if, I, if, if I've ever actually heard of a comedian who was awake before 10 o'clock, it was for a weird-ass gig they were doing. Otherwise, they slept till 12.30, stumble-fucked out of bed, and they basically walked. I've seen comedians literally... Funky as hell, walking uh, walking into a goddamn uh, bit, uh, and it was it was the most surreal thing. It's just like he literally just jumped out of bed from the hotel just down the road, and actually went to. John Heffron was the one who I, I actually seen. Really funny guy, very much like to like to aim for name for his childhood when he was talking about stuff like the weird shit that he had to deal with as a kid. That I mean, when you really look down look at it, it's not that big, not that shocking, mm-hmm. you know. Talking about uh, freezer pops and his mother using the utility scissors that she would use to cut the shit off the dog's ass in the process. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It's really funny on, on its face. It, yeah. it, he very much focuses on, like, between he balances between his family life that he has because he has stepkids and, you know, his earlier life when he was younger. And that's, that is a thing. And, I, and I'm, I've been contemplating lately, actually, trying to go muster up my... my you know, testicular fortitude and hit stand-up. Because a lot of people tell me I'm a really funny guy, but my main thing is I, impro- I improvise everything. I don't have a, a bit or shtick or something. To I be just, fair, a lot of great actors and act, great actors and comedians out there to, tend to do a lot of improv in their, in their uh, acts. I'd have to figure out, like, you know, what jokes I have. I mean, I don't have any jokes that I can think of. It's like and that's, you know, that's you, perfectly you, you fine. populate them as yeah. as is. But my question to you in knock, the context: knock, Who's there? Panic attack on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Panic attack on stage. Who? I'm going to kill the first person I see. You know, I mean, like that's that's the ramblings of a madman. So someone, you go. You you sound like you go Stephen Wright with it. 
I, I, I'd go Steven left if I have to. To be fair... Just don't go Steven Universe. That shit's depressing. To, to be fair, if I want to play Devil's Advocate, you can find a balance between the two. And one example that I can think of is John Panette. He was a comedian that could balance between the controversial and the clean material. This And he was a genuinely funny guy. Rest in peace. And that's kind of really hard to do, given the fact that you... You can only you can only have the same material and say it for so long. And the dude was doing it for over twenty five years before he passed. It's very true. I think I remember first seeing him in uh, what was that that old show, Head of the Class. Oh my God, that yeah. was him, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Mother Fletcher, you're right. <laughs> he also <laughs> featured in an episode of Seinfeld. If that did, if that uh. You know, dude, I remember watching Head of the Class when I was younger. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, we're in our mid, we're in our mid thirties, except for our young, our youngling friend over here. Well, I'm not quite there yet, but give it time. Knock on wood on that one. Um, you have until Thursday to turn thirty. I don't think I can sprout that fast. Otherwise, I'd be going back in time a few years. Start drinking now. But doubling back to your statement about going into comedy, mm-hmm. how do you think you'd do? Mm-hmm. Given the current political climate, um, how, how would that play out for you? I don't know. The and do you think is, it would really bother you? The weird thing is, is that, like, I can get pretty damn offensive, not on purpose, but because I'm not watching what I'm saying. That's fair. And that could have the double-edged sword of me going nowhere or me going somewhere fast. Um... Personally, at this point, it would just be good therapy to get on stage and yell at people, and you know, try hey, you know, what are you, what are you doing with your life right now? Because I'm 35 and I have, uh, I've disappointed myself at every single turn. You know, is it funny? No, but you know, if people laugh at me, I can at least, hopefully, get paid to cry in public. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's what you want to do with, I mean, even Christopher Titus at one point had said that. It's that he admitted full heartedly, like this is this is therapy for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm unpacking all this shit at you guys, and I get paid to do it. See, there you go. What's better, going to pay a therapist to hear your shit, or having people pay you to talk shit to them? But, I mean, that that is, that is really a good way of looking at it. Christopher Titus is also one of the people I definitely admired comedy wise because of he he was. He was very much, I mean, he's dealing with some really heavy issues with, you know, a family history of insanity, mm-hmm. you know, growing up with a fucking hard ass for a father, you know, a lot of, like, a lot of dark shit, a career that went really high up and then came right the fuck back down. Yeah. And his, fa- and his, and his everyday family life was a fucking train wreck, especially during the mid-2000s when his wife just decided, you know what, I'm going to cheat on you and then make you look like a wife beater. Congratulations, I win. Yeah, well... And living in California certainly didn't fucking help, because she was getting half that shit unless she could prove that he was abusing her and she could take him for fucking everything. As far as I'm concerned, that would that would turn me off of things as a whole, but, well, guess what? He always has his therapy seat he gets to sit at and talk with his, yeah. his entire fucking... Uh, uh, audience of psychologists and psychiatrists who can fucking shrink his brain for him. Yeah, it's called a prenup, bitches. I don't know what's fucking wrong with people. All it takes, all it takes is that is is a good is a good pussy to tell tell you that's not what's going to happen. 
don't know. If you're if you're being dragged around by your dick at that age, then you probably had a lobotomy at somewhere down the road. I don't know how long he was married. I think, but for some reason, the caps on those is between five and ten years, like average. So he might have been in the early in the late nineties when he I've had been his kids. Dating the same person for a decade now—that's kind of creepy. You're talking to the wrong guy, man. Uh, yeah, man. 20, 20 years. 20 years I've been with the same person. Ha ha, you have a loving relationship with someone. That's what well, that's what we call it, yeah. Hey, the closest I've ever dealt with was being with someone for nearly seven years. And I'm currently single, so. Not everything. Ladies, or particularly handsome young gentlemen, you know, the same. Is there a comment section with this fucking thing? No. Thankfully. Oh, that's that's sad. I'm just trying to get you hooked up with some random. Oh, sweet. We're gonna get you hooked up with some random psychopath. Oh, great. Because you know how quickly I fall for those. (laughs) We think in Mexico this time give you like a change up. You know what's fucking hilarious is that in my job, some guy who learned about my current condition invited me to go back with him to Mexico to establish a new way of life down there. I had to decline that, of course, because I don't feel like leaving the country anytime soon. Yeah, also, um, I will put this out there, Lando, my Hispanic young friend, you are about as American as it fucking gets. Of course, I'm not, I'm not offended by that. <laughs> no, I'm I, mean gonna go that, down... I mean that is the biggest, as a compliment I can give. I am, I, are... I sincerely doubt that I could ever go to Mexico and pass off as, a, no, pass off as a member of the, of the motherland. That will never happen. The irony of that is, is you're, you are definitely an L.A. Latino in their truest sense. Yeah, a, a mutual friend of ours, I, I ripped into her about it, and, and like, she has that valley girl accent, that kind of thing, and it's just like, Liz, you're, 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 you're just L, you're just L.A. Latino. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're L.A. Latino. <laughs> what does that even mean? You're Americanized Latin. You're as Americanized as humanly possible. I told her years ago that she's essentially a white girl stuck in a Mexican's body. That that'll happen sometimes. Now you see what we're doing here. See what see where we're going with this. Comes with extra booty. <laughs> also true. <laughs> That's funny because it is definitely true. Also correct. But do you see where we're going with this? It it, it really if if a polite group of individuals were listening to this, or if a, if a politically correct, inclined group of individuals were listening to this, they would just be outraged for no discernible reason. Not understanding that comedy doesn't fucking care about your feelings. No, comedy... They'd probably be offended for me, and I'd be like, why? That why is, would you, that why would you... nutty. The first thing... The, I, I heard the this, and I think this was the, the most... Um, the, the point that makes the most sense. If you're going to go and vouch for a specific group, never be more offended than they are. <laughs> yeah. The concept of proxy offended really just blew my mind when that became a really you, mainstream you know what thing. Me, and like you and you and me, uh, Drew, we're both of Celtic descendants. Aye. And like, it's like I can't imagine being offended by anyone saying anything racially about me in that light. Because they view it as a they view it. Oh well, you don't. You can't be offended. You wouldn't. You don't have the right to be offended. You have. You have privilege like, to do that. It's like I'm sorry. It's like you know what? It's like we could be offended about things. We could go and say you know the Fighting Irish is like, hey, can we remove the picture of like our drunken ancestors from this? Or uh, hey, how about Lucky Charms? How about you go fuck yourself for uh, co-opting 
you know, for promoting all this stuff. You mean for promoting Irish stereotypes? Yeah, I totally yeah, agree you know, with you. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, we're all fucking leprechauns dancing around this. And I get the wonderful twofer because I'm fucking part Hawaiian. It, it, it works even better for you, but they're never going to make a marshmallow cereal for Hawaiian people. So, I mean, you got oh, that man, going for you. Oh, man, heart stars and pineapples. I oh, mean, and ice. Let's not forget ice. I mean, let, we, we could go... We love our math. Hello, <laughs> colonials. <laughs> nice. I was just going to go back, double back to the concept of the true Achalucky Charms Irish cereal, and they're just flaming car bombs everywhere. <laughs> Heart stars, rainbows, and churches on fire. <laughs> Protestant churches on fire. Come to the Troubleos. Only found in the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> Part of a balanced breakfast. Uh, Irish car bomb. It's not just a drink, folks. It's not just a drink. It's a way of life. <laughs> uh, if I wasn't Americanized beyond reason and I could speak any kind of Gaelic, I'd give it back to you somehow, but I'm not gonna. I'd also like to speak Gaelic, but, you know, I'd never be able to perform cunnilingus again. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, that language. There is a certain amount of tongue-tied you need to be for that. But, yeah, again, these are all great examples of just taking a situation and just putting your foot through it. You put your weight on it. In comedy, that's what you do. You are pressing on the on the dead nerve of society, seeing if you can get a synaptic response. And when you have people who press so hard back, to me, it's a it's a level of gentrification of society that you couldn't. You're not even going to be able to lower your defenses for one fucking minute just to laugh at the absurdity of human existence? Go fuck be, yourself. You can't be vulnerable with me in this room. No, because they always have to be at there, always shields up all the time, because they're assuming they're in the same viper's nest that you're in, and it's not even the same concept for me. Now, we can... Now, this is me playing devil's advocate here. Do it. But I always we love have it. On the opposite, and we can have the opposite side of the spectrum here, where we have... Oh, comedy's shows, a fucking spectrum. We have right. shows like... Okay. Where we have shows like Family Guy, where at this point they go so far for the shock, the shock value, that almost no jokes they have land anymore. Not they have they they fail on their punchlines, they fail on uh, on the setups. It it it, it ends up do being cutaways a, anymore, do they? They no, almost everything they do is cutaways. Now. Oh, they they've got more cutaways. There was a real there was a real golden period where they were doing like almost just one an episode. No, no, most of their cutaways, most episodes of Family Guy have like five or six cutaways, but it usually was something that was more subtle, or it it hit you with a level of shock that was just right. Oh, but, I like all of America stopped watching Fox cartoons about five or six years ago. And that's perfectly reasonable in, in context, because it's... It, 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 the, you, there's a certain understanding that a lot of people don't uh, really play, uh, really un, you take any consideration in is that when you have something that goes mainstream, the 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 corporations the 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 companies cater to the lowest common denominator and they will force a creative mind into a box that they will eventually suffocate in. It is like fucking clockwork. The reason this that at this point I don't know what keeps the Simpsons alive. I really don't. I have no fucking clue what keeps them alive. Their jokes haven't fucking landed since the late fucking nineties. 
And, and as far as I'm concerned, that might. As far as I'm concerned, they should use their jokes as a form of levitation, so we could all live in sky cities because they're never landing. You know what the last Simpsons I watched nice. was uh, Treehouse of Horrors, and usually that's like the funniest fucking one of the year. This year was like, eh, that's kind of nice. Now the that's question, a neat reference. Now my flip on that to you would be because I can play devil's advocate too. Is it because they're not doing the same level of work, or is it because your level of humor? is not the same as it was when you started watching no, it. because I guarantee you, go pull up, I think it's the third or four, fourth or fifth season, uh, when Conan O'Brien was writing for them, and that shit is still funny. You know? True. Fair I enough. Mean, like, let's still face it, that the the memes from that era ha- are funnier than what they're putting out. The steamed hams stuff that is happening now, the steamed hams memes are hilarious. Because they're funnier than the show, and they're taking some of the absurdity out of it. Well, you also have to factor the in... The joke in itself, though, was actually decent. Oh, yeah, the for joke the in time. itself was funny, because it was a send-up send to sitcoms. Mm-hmm. You know, which is fucking ironic now, when you look back at it. Like, they, I'm... They, the Simpsons want... It's like, the worst thing is, is that you have these artists, like Matt Groening... Who I mean, like God help us when we find out he's a pedophile. You know that's gonna <laughs> all be that's a gonna dark day. all that's alleged. We're all just throwing that down. That we're, we're as you're listening to this, we're in the midst of the the Epstein meme meme vortex, and there are a lot of names being swung around, and his name ended up being name dropped. Uh, yeah. It's all fucking alleged. There's nothing concrete. It's there's also no concrete. there's no sniper rifle lasers trained on my head, nor am I speaking from a card. It's also it's comedy, so I'm allowed to say this shit. You know, um, but that's the thing. You're also allowed to be fertilizer and be stuffed in a black bag, but we don't want to talk about that. Well, if I commit suicide while twin people are watching, I think we know what happened. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing. Is oh, like, sure. Blame the Latino. You could We're... kill me. You'd have to outsource it like a... Wait, no, you're Mexican. <laughs> Shit. You people are slowly becoming MacGyver. You know, by the, by the year 2030, you will all know how to do every job, and... White people will be obsolete. Except you would have to pay us more to be president. I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me to be president. Also, first off, a list of reasons not to kick Mexicans across the border. Uh, one besides the fact that, like, you know, they're the ones who are going to end up building this wall. They're going to put a door in. Also, you know, there's an airplanes. So, and also, like, if you don't like tacos, what the fuck's wrong with you? I got nothing on that one. I love tacos. I know. I just, Mexican food's fucking adorable. I mean, I love pussy, so I mean, I have to love tacos. It's all the same meat, right? <laughs> Such as it is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the thing of it I was getting to before I made a horrible slanderous accusation about the pedophile Matt Green um, was that, like, all of their... Yeah, you're laughing because it's funny, but you're going to be crying when you find out that he's been Bill cosby people. See? I went to put land the smoke on the dark. You know what I'm talking about. Ever seen a fall from grace that hard? No, not since Elvis fell off his toilet. I haven't cared so. I've been hearing That's things that supposedly Cosby and like the his main accuser was actually caught lying. I'm not going to put any sources because I have no evidence to provide that. But uh, no, because at that point it's, the... will, it's only something I've heard. If you want this to us, we have nothing. Nothing! 
We have nothing, and I've slapped a legend repeatedly over here, and I will slap a legend eight different thousand times more. I'll you can't a, deport me. I, I will am slap a, a legend born like Matt Grady was allegedly <laughs> slapping that 13-year-old girl. But anywho, so, back to what I... Yeah, I'll dig us deeper. Is that all of his best work has not been The Simpsons. Futurama was a goddamn gold mine. And this Disenchanted, if you've, if you've had the opportunity to see it, is fucking hilarious. I haven't. I only know about it from, from uh, social media. Actually, there's a parallel to that, too, because you could arguably say that Seth MacFarlane's best work isn't with Family Guy anymore. Yep. It's with American Dad. American Dad was fucking funny. And the Cleveland show was also hilarious. Yep. It's too bad they canceled me. Yeah, that Shit was... happens. What the hell? Yeah, that's actually pretty No, good. no, 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 no! Please quit masturbating while we're doing a podcast. <laughs> hey, it's not his fault you were in the fucking line. <laughs> I'm blind! I'm blind! From the makers of Peter North comes Pedro El Norte. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. God damn it. We can't finish this sword shoot. We need his his non-using Mexican equivalent. Está aquí. Me llamo Ron Yeremi. <laughs> Shit, how do you say porcupine in Spanish? I, I can't help you with that one. That is like one of those You weird... fucking L.A. Latino. Oh, like how many porcupines are there in oh, Watts? Oh, please, I've been speaking English for over 25 or years. Is it L, or is it L.A. Latin X? What the fuck is going on here? I don't know. How many it. fucking layers of I'm bullshit? I'm sorry, are you like assuming that I'm non-binary? Yes. No. You know what I There's am. There's no zeros and ones all over you. <laughs> oh, okay. your gender was depression. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't recall myself to be genetic code. Or binary code. I don't know. I don't care. Better I'm not a fucking computer. Oh, Better genetic way, code than a fucking dead end. Let's go and put it out there. It's like, listen, if I go... Look, we're already putting his dick out here. What else are you going to put out? Come on. <laughs> if I'm assuming your gender, that's because I'm a flawed human being who needs to categorize things so my brain doesn't catch on fire. If you think I'm trying to offend you... You're wrong. Seriously? But the second you go and correct me, I'm out to offend you. Yes. What? What goes spin? Seriously? That's what it's called? Spiny pig? <laughs> Is <laughs> it literally spiny pig? I just googled it, and even I'm in disbelief. This, this is a Hispanic man just, like, looking at it. There's no Are there no porcupines in fucking Mexico or Look, Spain? There are no cats in America and no porcupines in Mexico. There are no cats in America. We will not get sued because we fucking changed the lyrics. Tra la la. Let it go, Disney. Let it go. I'm just, look, I'm just looking at you, and I'm seeing, shit. I'm seeing the sniper rifle laser just creep steadily towards your head. Put me out of my misery, you anti-Semitic mouse. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! Oh, don't you mess with me. You're in my clubhouse now. God damn you! <laughs> It's, uh, it, that, that is not. That is really good. I like it. I like it a lot. If anyone is wondering why we are losing our shit, it is probably it is well past three in the morning when we were recording that. But a lot, a lot of, that's when we can get shit together. And it's also the best time to do it because let's be perfectly honest. A good comedy doesn't happen in prime time. The, fil- the filters. No, are prime time was dead years ago. <laughs> prime time died with the died when people cut the cord. Because they put a bullet in that motherfucker when they decided they were all, everyone needed a Roku. 
<laughs> and, and now we get to see now we get to see all of those primetime network TV channels go and try and creep their way back into into the, into society. Like, but we need to exist. No, the boomers are going to die eventually, and when they do, you you will be their fucking tombstone. I don't give a fuck Come about CBS, NBC, okay, or any of it. Boomer. That's exactly what's going to be said on their fucking epithets. <laughs> Nobody cares. We managed to wipe out the atmosphere. Oh yeah, the environment's worrisome, but I doubt going and you know Vladimir Putin is crying about it. God damn that what picture the, showed me. What the? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Greta Thunderbridge or whatever her fucking name is. Gre- Greta Thunberg. Greta Stormbringer. I don't fucking I don't know anymore. I don't give a shit what her name I is. I don't know what Nordic she, weapon she is. She, she. I mean, now that <laughs> now that I've seen that picture, she looks like Vladimir Putin in is trying to dress up as Wednesday Adams. <laughs> Ever watched it? You ever watched someone hold hostage reading from a cue card? I also have watched Greta Thunberg. Why do you ask? That's where I'm at with it. It's like, what did we do? Well, we threw this. We put. We threw this poor, unprepared fucking human being, and we threw her out there as a spokesperson for for, for climate change. That sounds confusing. Sure, but not only that, we also made her read from a cue card. You know how we know? Because when she's interviewed and she doesn't have doesn't have her fucking paperwork in front of her, she's like a deer in the fucking headlights, like any fucking sixteen year old would be. Wow! How dare you? The amount of memes that came she out from that. She needs a good corporate dicking, is what she needs. She already has been. That's the sad part. A good part. oily Enron sponsored corporate dicking. That'll <laughs> learn her about the environment. <clears throat> The most recent. The most. The most. Can we just go back to the forties when a good dicking just meant a good talk? (laughs) (laughs) Let me give you the straight dick, Robin. (laughs) I don't want to curve it around here. Oh goddamn! Looks like you need a good dicking, Iron Man. Yeah, I suppose you I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel horrible for Greta Thunberg for two reasons. One, she's really committed to the bit. Any good comedian be like, Bravo. You're really sticking to that bit. You want to know why? She refuses to fly. So she has to take fucking fishing boats to get where she needs to go. And she has to plan her fucking vacation, plan her actual travel, like, months in advance. So, like, she ended up going and was going to a UN meeting in fucking New York. And they changed the location of her on the way there. So she was stranded in fucking New York. Sounds like a terrible idea in the middle of the late fall. What the fuck, I'd be more dude? sympathetic if I could give a living shit about it. It's like, do I think we need to do stuff to fix the environment? Gee, I don't fucking know. I'm not a goddamn scientist. I'm not either. But it, but it all it all culminates into this weird maelstrom of stupid shit that people just have to throw down. Please don't be posting. Please don't be touching your fucking phone. I don't need any of this shit to get flagged or taken down because of copyright nonsense. I think this thing is going to be flagged for other reasons. I don't Good, think that's to... fine. We have we have picked our battles. The lines are drawn, and the hill is prepped for our dead corpses. <clears throat> Cunt whistle. <laughs> that was all. <laughs> there. How many times do I have to swear before this? Ladies and gentlemen, testicle. We're we're Radish first of all we're an actual oh, podcast, so I don't give a flying shit what we say. Yeah. Then none of this is going anywhere near YouTube because well. One, you, you you don't plant you don't plant fucking uh, fresh flowers in a corpse field, and two. Well, one, I do. Now hold on a second. Flanders Fields has something to say about that. Uh, well, Flanders Fields. Well, stupid, sexy Flanders can keep that shit to himself. But you know, the truth, the truth of the matter is like the point why, of that. You know, I know that was the bit. All right. Why, you know, I was playing 
Fine, 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 fine. It's called YouTube is suckers. Listen, when Markiplier starts, like, really starting to say some shit about YouTube, you know, after they, after they go and have this huge cooperative thing, you know, and then all of this fucking... So many of his fucking fan base got banned, auto-banned and stuff. And then he's all surprised, like, this is supposed to be reviewed. Yeah, it's being reviewed by someone who's making, like, three cents an hour in goddamn Egypt, alright? And you are making more money than the three of us in this room have ever seen before. Because, well, of, again, he's one of the few people in the top top rung who God, are fucking untouchable. The, I cannot wait until the whole necrophilia thing about him comes out. What the f- What the hell? Okay, that one feels like you just threw a dart at a board and just picked a fucking drama. But it was a good dart. Sure. <laughs> sure, I'll give it to you. I don't really care at this in point. five years' time, you will all look back on this and say, how did he know? If that happens, you're getting a... Disclaimer, we do not condone the random spread of rumors. We are sheer idiots. Viewer discretion is advised. But we are. uh, We we do approve the the spread of directed rumors. (laughs) Because that that shit's calculated. I'm not going to argue with somebody who took the time and the the, the actual research. I like Markiplier. But at this point, I've become completely unfiltered. So... Sorry about that. I don't see that as a problem. In fact, there's a reason I made us do this at the torturous hour we did it at. And to be fair, release the shackles. Effectively, I'm basically taking off the taking the fucking inhibitors off of you and be like, "All right, Billy, waddle your ass over to the fucking microphone and tell everybody why why everything's wrong and why Bush did 9/11 again." Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't give a shit who did 9/11. I'm just upset that it happened. Yes, but, you know, not the upset, like, it's fresh, it's the, we're waiting for the South Park, uh, what was this, the South Park uh, quota of th- when things can be funny again. They talked about with the AIDS episode, what was it, was it 15 years or something? Yeah, you know when things can be funny? <laughs> we're here things to can a, be funny the second you can cope with it. Right. Oh yeah, that never Record stopped. I mean, I mean, we're, 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 we're arguing about something that 4chan has been running with since 4chan's inception. I don't really have a good 9-11 joke. You don't really need one. It kind of, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, you just kind of run into a wall on it. Sometimes twice. <laughs> yeah. Then you like go Peter out. Don't mind me, ladies and gentlemen. My sense of humor is incredibly dark. That's yeah. not, dude, if you think that's the darkest we can go in this, I promise you that we can make it so that we have to uh, get an email from my, from the fucking gr- like, groups that was, I send this to. It was oh, fucking wonderful. I can't that, wait. Like, this is when they're like, oh my god, terrorism is a thing. It's like, bitch, we've been having terrorism in the United States before. It happened. The, the shit goes all the way back happened to like, in the 90s. The market bombings, all that shit. God forbid anyone pick up a damn history book. That's because we're always living in a perpetual state of now or later. Literally, the candy describes how our fucking society works. They don't give a shit about then. It's about now and forward. It's hard to swallow now. Easier to chew on later. There's a that's that's a lovely bouquet of jokes you could run with that. It's like you handed us a <laughs> handed us a bouquet of flowers. No, and like mean, throw like, it in any direction you want. I, I know I'll these... just nut on it as it flies. <laughs> I know this stuff, and I I will tell you, knowing things does not make you happy. No, um, knowledge, knowledge is the perpetual depression that you strap to yourself. Yeah, it's like like my, Don't my worry. existential terror 
you know, would be abated if I could just live in the now constantly. But, you know, that's not something I can do as a human being for long stretches. Don't worry. No, that's because such you'll... a problem with, with the knowledge in your head. We'll just go ahead and ban certain topics like World War II, apparently. Sure. The more you take away from history, the less you have to worry about uh, repeating it, right? That'll never happen. Why I mean, there's no whole fucking philosophy II? behind that, right? Well, you, they don't ban They don't have to ban it. They just do what they were doing and been doing in school history books forever. You know, just cover it little less and less and less as time goes on. Oh, like the mass graves in Auschwitz. I gotcha. Well, that's, you know, a thing. Well, but, I mean, you were talking about covering stuff, so I'm trying to work. I try to work around it. I got a Betty Crocker joke here somewhere. <laughs> I can't fucking dig it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the thing is, is like, uh, it's just like World War One. You know how much crazy shit had to happen for World War One to happen? You know how much time we spent talking about it in, like, when I was in, in school history class? Like, maybe an hour. You know, you know, like, as I said, I'm going to pull up the, uh, you know, when we went to, you know, Hawaii was annexed? You know how much of that was in the actual history books? Half a paragraph. You know how much time we spent talking about in history class? None. I will uh, confess, uh, my teacher spent a good hour talking about it. They they were particularly critical of the United States doing what they did and absolutely found what they actually did to be despicable because yeah. it was clearly it was cl clearly motivated with, motivated for military and political reasons yeah. and there was absolutely no other reason for it. And she brought that up and that was one of the things I appreciated when I got later in life because when I read into it myself I'm like, "Oh, this is all parallel. She she didn't pull punches on it and I appreciated that." It took me much later, and I had to do a lot of research on my own to learn about, like, the dark shit that is history. And what kills me is, like, this watch, the Watchmen thing that's coming on, and it's like, all of a sudden, people are talking about the whole Tulsa massacre. And it was like, bitch, that was something that happened, and it's sad that you didn't know about that. That the only time that there's actually been bombings on American soil was when white people bombed fucking Black Wall Street. Yep, it's it's fucking it's fucking dark. At, hey, at least it's not like Japan that completely, utterly, officially denies the raping of Nanking. Yeah, but Don King didn't deserve that. Uh, now I'm just thinking of that hair bobbing up and down and just depression. It's 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 terrifying. There's Mike Tyson involved in it, and just just there's a lot of there's a lot of meat slapping that didn't need to be happening. <laughs> Someone wearing boxing gloves, and there's a hand down someone's pants, and it clearly wasn't their own. So. <laughs> And the, you know, countless, you know, you know, Chinese and Korean women being raped. But, you know, that's also a thing. Man, I have not made myself feel sad. And it's gone. All right, so. <laughs> the sheer joy of working in the comedy industry is knowing that you can just randomly delete shit in your head and turn it into fuel for later comedy bits. There's just so much terror and horror and sadness that I've got to get it out of my system in the form of, you know, funny jokes and talking about funeral anatomy. What did that saying go? Oh, yes. I'm laughing, because if I didn't laugh, I'd be screaming. And if I didn't scream, I'd be jet. Where are you going with that? Other than into the wall again. Right into the wall. Back into the left. Uh, oh, by, by the way, we Harvey Oswald killed Kennedy. There's no spoilers on that. It's, that movie's been out for way too long. Yeah. Not a magic bullet. Just look at the fucking things. You could tell they were riding higher than the people who were in front of them. Wait, is, that, is JFK a Fox property? That movie? I don't fucking know. 
I have no idea. I hope it isn't, because that's going in the vaults with everything else that Disney's taken from Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're doing it. Like I'm waiting for I'm waiting for them to finally go after Rocky Horror and just an entire like wave of Xers, boomers, and fucking old millennials just attacking their fr- fucking castle like someone's sieging them. They will pry. We will throw our dead corpses at you, you take our Tim Curry, you piece of fucking shit mouse. Do you know how many canisters of film they're going to have to have to pry out of a bunch of transgender lunatics' hands? Like, yes. Those, like, like, some of those people out there have the original fucking film canisters. That stuff's not going anywhere. Like, no. They'd have to send hit squads for those. Again, like Mickey Mouse said, you're in my clubhouse now, so whatever they say is going to go. Yeah. Can you give me a Mickey Mouse hit squad? <laughs> Time for a hit squad, boys! Jesus Christ. You're ready for this goof? <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure am, Mickey. <laughs> uh, they make violating human rights whimsical. <laughs> you have no rights. You're a consumer. Consume and shut the fuck up. That's what happens. And then when you finally get a generation of people who have given themselves wholesale to consumerism and the concept of global market, they absolutely don't find find anything humorous because as far as they're concerned, they have a doctrine they need to uphold. What was the girl's name from that DuckTales thing? Webley? Or not Webley. Uh, yeah, I think it, well, I don't even know. Are they related? No. You ever think Huey Dewey really fucked her? <laughs> I don't know. I They're up. all kids. I believe that he's... At a... some point later. Jesus. What's wrong with you? You're Matt Groening? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You only get three shots out of that, and then there's you who went and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm pulling for four and five. If you don't like it, fuck it. The rule of comedy is threes, but you know what's even funnier? Just drilling it into the crowd. <laughs> That's fine. I don't even know Matt Groening. I have nothing against the person. I'm just saying awful, awful things about him. I know. That's the detachment of comedy. And when they constantly, when when polite society pushes it back and constantly says, no, you have to think about people's feelings. That's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. I'm trying not to think about my feelings. I can't be bothered to think about other people's feelings when I'm trying to like, that's exude actually, my feelings. That's actually beautiful, you've said. I think that is a hundred... I think I can agree with that 100%. The comedians are not even considering their own feelings into regard into their regard. Why do they need to consider others in that particular point? And especially because they actually, in a lot of cases, research the shit they're talking about because they don't just want it to be a, you know, slice of life thing that they're constantly talking about. Like, you know, took a shit and then, you know, the, the, you know my, my shit got stuck to my ass kind of things. I mean, that that's a bit. You could do that, but... But like looking at uh, looking at the the more famous people, and again I come back to Carlin because there's a man who actually spent time traveling and really taking and taking time in, traveling and time traveling, yes, yeah, and really kind of immersing himself in local culture and things that he did around America to get an actual really solid bit. But moreover, two fucking books that he put he put out that he put out with I'm sure someone's help because he's a, he in his earlier years kind of drugged out and in his later years, I mean, I'm glad he was his brain wasn't switched cheese cuz I mean, he was doing his comedy bit up until 2008 when he passed on. So and again, another person who clearly wasn't perfect, but hey, guess what? He's one of the one of the gold winners because he didn't fucking kill himself. 
Making it to making it to your eighties, as far as I'm concerned, is a fucking is the goddamn finish line. Just because there's a few people who run a little bit past it has nothing to do with the fact that you've lived a whole life. And and moreover, a lot of the shit that he was dealing with with censorship. It's the same song and dance every goddamn generation. It's the same song and dance every ten fucking years. I still say tits sounds adorable. Yes, because it's tit mouse. It sounds like a fucking small animal. I think it's tits. Are just we had it with nice Murphy. Murphy. We've Murphy had tits. it with Red Fox. We've had it with... Uh... Actually, technically, we actually had it with... Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Ugh. Dennis Leary, though, there are many people who say he ripped his bit wholesale off from other people. So, I mean, that, same with Carlos Mencia. Well, that, that's, you know, that, I think that's why they <laughs> find it works because you're, it so works you're Latino. Damn right. And I think that's what, they, what, what people find so awful and disingenuous about this. And that comedy should be you going and bleeding yourself out on the stage. Yeah, you should be, and, you should be you yawning have, hate out into the world. And if you have to take someone else's fucking thing and do that, how empty of a fucking person must you be? It's com. It's comedians, extremely. Yeah, but and in a like, lot of cases, couldn't you at least make a joke out of the fact so that you're such a miserable fuck you have to steal comedy from someone else? But if you look at it, a lot of those are the people who end up pushing back against comedy and are like, "Do it! You're offending people." No, you're just terrible at this, and you're trying to take a position that you think is going to be actionable for you later on in life. Yeah. How about you shut the fuck up and let the actual professionals deal with What's this stuff? What's this nuts? The guy who did Father Ted going, and you know, coming down on Count Dankula for this. When he literally had an entire episode about, you know, Nazis. Oh, yes, because there wasn't a fucking BBC show that didn't have some kind of Nazi undertones to it. I don't know. Say that Father Ted episode. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, but humans are fucking hypocrites. We we deal with that shit every day. Hypocrisy Mm. is a uniquely human trait. Isn't there a satire movie out right now that's based on uh, um, Nazi propaganda? Oh, Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's oh geez, Jojo Rabbit or something. Yeah, I think but it's so. by, that's also by man. Talk about being made of solid fucking gold when Taika Waititi could go and do that. When he could go and come out with that, and that movie looks funny as hell. But it's like, is there an uproar? I haven't heard an uproar yet. Is he just that bulletproof? No, just... at least at the moment. But give it time. There's constant shit. There, there's constant muckrakers all over the place. He's one of the few consistently funny motherfuckers, though. Like, uh, what we do in Shadows. Oh my god. You that showed movie, me that. That was fucking entertaining. That movie made me laugh my, my, my ass off. And the show, even funnier. But then again, I, I have a soft spot for Matt Berry. Because he is just, just the best person there is. Well, you do love that British dry comedy. Oh, yes, yes, I have a tea. The best part of, for me is is just looking at a lot of the people who were who were vanguards in the heyday and stay, stay, there, there, there are two camps with those. There are people who just, they've softened as they've gotten older and they've looked at things and they're like, I don't really see, you know, I'm not really as proud of what I did when I was younger. First of all, regret is a bitch of a thing to carry with you when you were, when you made your, when you made your bones doing some of the silliest shit, like, like I, I couldn't imagine like the Pythons, the the, the Monty Python fan, uh, group having any kind of regrets in what they've done. They made fucking they made magnificent opuses that transcended British right. comedy. Let's also like I've been watching a lot of British TV and comedy lately. Like there are things that do not 
like stand up to the test of time. No, not at all. They're not fucking funny. No, they're period pieces. Monty Python, but they weren't meant to be period pieces. They were supposed to be just fucking situational comedy. Monty Python stands the test of time. It's fucking funny. Um, yes, Minister. Yep. As you, oh my goodness, that that's something that's supposed to be about you know British politics back in what the seven, the freaking eighties, seventies and eighties, eighties, and that's still hilarious to this day. The funny part is, is like my introduction to them was when I was looking into, you know, a lot of the random Brexit bullshit that was going on, and they popped up in my feed, and I watched that, I watched that, that, that uh, bite, and I'm just like, it, it kind of made me think, you know, the way things actually work and the way things actually play out. Like I actually sent that off to, uh, to a YouTuber I followed because I honestly had no idea how to process it because it just seemed like. Such so a, dead on? Well, it's a cynical f viewpoint, but it, it also made me, it, the, 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 the sadistic part of me just kind of want to go, well, I'm actually okay if Brexit fails. Why? Yeah. I want to watch them sink to the bottom of the ocean with all of the bullshit that they probably brought on and made sure that they sabotaged the, the, sabotaged the, the, the European Union, if, the, if that actually happened. Again, it's all speculation at this point, but if you look at the way, the way, the way things go and the strategic way that that the, the, that the Britons actually deal with their enemies, it's so much easier to just have sappers everywhere just annihilating infrastructure. And why the hell wouldn't that happen? And and for me, watching that, it, it made me fucking laugh because it's like the the absurdity of it just made me chuckle. But I bet you that shit wouldn't fly now, because especially because of the, the current political climate in the UK. That's really where, for me... That's what you should be laughing about. But no, you have these uptight individuals, and in a lot of cases, a lot of them are a lot of them are hyper privileged people who have money or are related to money, who think that they can you know step out and be, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the best way to I wouldn't call them activists, but I guess that'd be the only thing I could really put that put them on there. But I can't call them armchair heroes because they're all out there being stupid. Cause, I suppose. No, that's not championing a cause. That's just trying to make yourself. That's trying. That's trying to for, further your own goals and damn the consequences to anybody else. It's, it's just a form of selfishness. It's just an echoed version. And the consequences. Well, essentially, it's it's a very scorched earth way of looking at things. Do I do I believe in Brexit or not? I don't fucking care. I don't live in England proper. I don't, or I don't live in the UK proper. Is there ramifications that are world, uh, that are global? You're fucking right. There is everything yeah. that happens that's in this being, world. Yeah, that's called being part of the planet. Yeah, whether I want it to happen or not is irrelevant. Yeah, we're all in the same goddamn entropy bowl. Yeah, and uh, the decay is going to spread no matter which way the, the wind blows. If they're saddled in the EU, they're even in a they're even in a further decayed position because. Honestly, they will be. If they get out of the EU, they will crumble under the weight of of, of whatever random things that happen. Because again, they're it's just an ass whooping they got to take either way. So you know, just trying to get a little bit towards the topic. Do it. What I found interesting is that I've just recently have started hearing about with comedians who are basically trying to go and take back the right to say whatever the fuck they want. And a lot of people have been working on this. They're saying, screw this, you can't do it. Like Dave Chappelle, you know, who, he's definitely one. But also, like, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Carolla? 
Uh, that's the first I've heard about Adam Carolla actually taking the helm on that one. Good for him for doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's me. I haven't heard... It's like, it's like, you know, it's interesting to hear someone who, you know, as far as I knew, was like, had Jimmy Kimmel as a goddamn, you know, sidekick going and <laughs> seeing him trying to go and make things a little bit better for comedians, whereas Jimmy Kimmel's trying to kill comedy on a nightly basis. Jesus <laughs> Nice, nice to see them on the opposite side of the battlefield in that case. But we you know what? Jimmy Kimmel was always about that fucking paycheck. Even when they did the Man Show, which would never fly right now, ever. Oh my God! Could you imagine the Man Show nowadays? That's insane. I, I can't. Well, I mean, there's a fucking. You want to talk about period pieces of period pieces? There you fucking go. Yeah, period pieces of period jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially. And it, it it speaks to a greater thing for me. Do you know who's been a really hard champion of free speech for a while now? Gervais. Ricky's been at this shit. He's been he's been slamming his head against the same wall for years now. Yeah, and really, not a guy who plays a lot of offensive. Mm-mm. You know. But he knows that if he doesn't go and stop this shit from go spreading. That he'll never have the opportunity to do it, and that's the thing. He well, he's also what I, one of those people I consider like the next level kind of British co- comedians. You know, it's what I would put Russell Brand in if the work for the fact that Russell Brand I think is slowly transitioning into like a spiritual leader. That's more un- that's more unnerving than one could actually imagine. I'm a big uh, dude. I love him. I love the guy. I thought Russell Brand was interesting with his YouTube and 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 his uh, advocate his advocacy. I appreciate that, but he never felt like to me like he gave a shit about like free speech, at least not on the on his face, which feels really confusing to me. Because looking at him, you figured he would be. I don't think he talks about it because I think I gotta imagine in his mind it's a non-issue because it's something that should just be. Yeah, but you still have to keep fighting for it. That's the problem with a lot of these people. It's like, oh well, it just should happen that way. Really? Because I still see, you know, YouTube videos talking about articles that, yeah. you know, free speech needs to be monitored. Well, but no, then that's to, not free. See, that's the problem is that, you know, a lot of people pick their battles. And he, he's picking the battle against basically sp- the spiritual death knell that is, you know, modern life. And I'm like, I can understand why you're trying to deal with that. Because that's one of the things, like, if you can fix... The spiritual problem that is in the modern world, free speech won't even be an issue. Yes and no. The belief that one will lead to the other through like natural natural occurrences is interest is an interesting viewpoint. I I would say I would have to and I would I would have to investigate that further to be able to agree with you on that. I can't imagine an enlightened person being you know being so much to think that the way someone else talks is harmful to them. True. I can't imagine a supposedly enlightened individual going and saying, oh no, they so- said something that offended me. That I can't imagine an enlightened individual being offended. Yes and no, but also a good enlightened person realizes that they have to actually go to the people and talk with them. Which, from what you're telling me, I guess Russell's attempting. He's trying to reach out to the people, maybe. As, be- as best anyone can. Sure. But it, But it's nice to hear that there are people like... I mean, Adam, Adam Carolla, he's he's an interesting guy. He's always one of those guys who I think never got the amount of success that really 
like he should have, because, like, man, Love Line was goddamn universal. Mm-hmm. You know, and, oh, uh, what was it, um, Drawn Together? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, could you imagine that show coming out now? Huh. Drawn Together was just... Well, it was offensive in a way that I could only dream of being. <laughs> but it was also playing off the whole the reality TV trope, effectively. Whereas doing that kind of shit now... Yeah, but... It's a dying they, art. The reason they got away with it was because of that. Well, also, Comedy TV Central still had its teeth. Yeah, that was which. Fair enough. Yeah, Comedy cool. Central went up to bat for a lot of its creators, especially when public outcry started to swing back. Like, Trey Parker and Matt Stone... Like they hid behind Comedy Central like a fucking like a fucking Aegean shield, oh. and I can't blame them for doing. But at the same time, they when something makes you money, you don't fucking argue. Cause let's face it, like you know, back when um, the Church of Alien Zenu uh, butt sex uh, used to be <clears throat> a thing, like they were running some damn risks with that episode. Sure, you know? I mean. Like, even nowadays, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a religion they haven't picked on yet. We'll get there at some point. Oh, uh, well, no, they won't. They want, they want the damn show to be gone. That's, that, that seems to be very obvious with the, the whole Tegrity Farms. With the whole, uh, that, that, that is what it is. I'm, I'm neither here nor there about what their ultimate end goal is. If they're trying to kill their series, I don't know why they would at this point. Maybe they just don't want to become simsified, and maybe that's the issue they have. They don't want to become irrelevant. But the shit they're doing, unfortunately, still has topical value. That's true. Someone needs to go and, you know, tell you know, tell people that things are fucked. I, I do think, though, with them is that, like, they probably want to move on to other projects. I mean, mind you, it's amazing that they had, I mean, they had the Book of Mormon. That was huge. I never saw that. I very unfortunate. I've just heard some songs, and they were fun songs. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. If they if they, if their end goal is to just get is GTFO, fantastic. Get out of the get out of there. Walk away with your heads held high for all the random shit you did in Team America World Police. God damn, that was hilarious. Uh, I won't America. say much about basketball because that's more of a cult thing, a cult classic as never it were. Never saw it. Any good? Never been. I I had a comedian that I used to listen to podcasts who uh, actually was in there. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. Um, Megan, I never saw, what was it, Orgasmo? I saw Orgasmo. Orgasmo was funny. People were telling me that, that, like, with my sense of humor, I really enjoy that. And I'm saying, you know, maybe I'll see it someday. I don't know, there's an internet somewhere. There's an internet? God damn. I, I just hope so, because I, I have to eventually upload this fucking thing, and I want to make sure it goes somewhere. I oh. thought we were putting it on the heliotrope. Yes. <laughs> we have to press it onto the vinyls. Yeah. I don't know. For me, the, 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 the constant friction between, between society and, and comedy as a whole, not just polite society, but the, the, the constant butting heads is, as you start to get these individuals who don't, Really, there never is a moment where they're just sitting down being at peace. At least not in the traditional sense. You know, yoga, all that other bullshit, that's its own separate, you know, genre of spiritual enlightenment, as it were. For me, to be sitting in a, com sitting in a comedy show, watching shit play out, 
you're at your most vulnerable and you are ripe to be to have your worldview shaken up and that's what good comedy can do not saying that it has to be all the case in the case of what you were talking about with the dryer with, with what is it called dry bar humor yeah it's it's not about that but like for me dry bar humor feels like the one i watched yesterday guy was talking about cat having cats and it was I appreciated what he was what he was attempting at, but like, if if it were a specific crowd, it wouldn't land. But I guess that's the value of being a comedian. You just got to read the room. But like, that's a that that subgenre is intentionally clean, and and intentionally uncontroversial. So you take out the two aspects of life that a comedian goes after in in its face. You're not you're not doing comedy at that point. You're doing it like even vaudeville still took a swipe at at the period at the period that it actually was in, even if it wasn't you know dark humor or well, also blue vaudeville humor. was really risque sometimes. Sure, but it was risque for that particular caliber. Oh no, you could compare to certain you, you could compare certain acts from back in the day, and you would find that it's. A lot raunchier than you would think it would be. For example, um, I can't remember the name of the play, but it was a very, but the, uh, um, the theater that Abraham Lincoln went before he was assassinated. Our American it cousin. It's a pretty raunchy play, all things considered. And well, even for its time, it was pretty raunchy. It's public domain, so let's go see if we can get that up and do a reading. I'm looking. Well, we'll keep. We'll stall for time for you. Yeah, because we have such you know trouble filling the gaps. Yeah, I know. Filling that sweet thigh gap. I will say this though, when it comes to um. The idea of people being offended by certain topics and certain—um, I feel that they overthink too much when they overthink when it comes to um, when it comes to hearing when it comes to listening from certain comedians, they tend to overthink um, the over they, they tend to stew on that idea, they tend to stew on it, they tend to uh. Well, like I said, they tend to overthink it, and it ends up um, becoming a much bigger of, of an issue that doesn't exist, in my opinion. Your statement more is to the concept of overanalysis of a situation, and I agree. But in doing what they do, they <clears throat> show the inherent weakness of overanalysis as a whole. It's something that when I was going to college... And, you know, I was in an English class. I didn't, I didn't graduate college, obviously, because, you know, that way lies death. <laughs> and for those who graduated college, sorry for you. <clears throat> yeah, sure. I shouldn't have gone. <clears throat> there, there, was, there was a point where we were analyzing a short story about, about a couple. And they were, and, and the story was... Had was had the, uh, the the girlfriend talking about how you know their future life and things, and you had the the guy 
obviously pressing down on the reins on that because it didn't he he clearly didn't see the same things that she did but breaking it down by the time we got done with the goddamn narrative i had no fucking idea what the goddamn story was about anymore because we'd taken it looks like taking a fully assembled lego lego system and just pulling it apart into blocks again without any instructions on how to reassemble it and for me when you when you're doing that in an analytical standpoint in literature there's a reason for doing it i get it but when you do it for everyday life things first of all how the fuck do you have that kind of time to be able to do that kind of uh that kind of overthinking the over analysis to the point where something loses all meaning or acquires a alternate meaning you and phil and i have talked about this too that old that old uh uh simpsons episode where uh was it, wasn't lisa talking to maya angelou or something or another, it was a, it was another uh, author. Oh, uh, um, oh, Amy, Amy, Amy Tan, oh, on the first who wrote the Joy Luck Club, uh, internet, if only you were in my brain all the time. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, Nick. Hey, Uh, Yeah, Amy Tan. My goodness, I'm an English major. Why the hell did I second guess myself on that? Because you're a English major. Well, God damn it! It's written all over the place. But you're an English major who's well past that time. That's true. But yeah, it, like Lisa goes, I totally loved your Joy Luck Club book, and she overanalyzes it, and then she, and then Amy well, Chandler. She didn't overanalyze it. She gave basically what should have been on the back cover of it. You know, about how it's about the difficulty difficulties of a relationship between a mother and daughter. And she goes, that's not what it was about at all. Please, I'm embarrassed for both of us. And you get to that point where when it's regurgitated back at the people who made the original product, and they're like, you have no idea what I was writing about. Yeah, as we all know, the Joy Blood Club was actually a metaphor for the Boxer Rebellion. Believable. And I'm pretty sure that someone out there can probably find some way of supporting what I said, because that's how fucking literature works. Absolutely. So, yeah, I forgot uh, the name, but I believe there is a name for such an no, for uh, for that kind of uh, that kind of thinking. Incorrect. <laughs> and duly noted. So yeah, um, did you did you bring it up? Not gonna do it. Oh, I I read it and um I uh wanted to die. So um yeah, guess what? Uh, hundred something year old uh, play doesn't. There's a lot of things Wikipedia says about it, but once again, I dread, you know, actually relying on Wikipedia for anything. So. What's that? You don't want a modern take on a, on a, on a classic piece of literature? No, oh. I just don't trust, like, a dictionary made by a bunch of fucking, you know, paint-huffing lunatics. <sighs> That's right. All you Wikipedias are on watch. When, 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 uh, when, when Encyclopedia Dramatica feels like a better source of information than, than Wikipedia... That's when you know shit's gone sideways. Hmm. Well, to be fair, it's undiluted, but it is what it is. Okay. At that point, if I go to Wikipedia, I usually cross-reference it with something I'm already reading to confirm that it hasn't been tainted. Yeah, it's better than know your meme. It's true, but that is what it is. That, that's also dealing with popular culture and comedy, and the concept of memes as a whole are kind of just like a little... It's like a, effectively like, you know, those... Old, those old white fireworks that you had with a little flag on it that looked like a Hershey kiss of death and you slammed it on the ground and it would pop? Mm -hmm. Essentially what memes are to me. 
You get a handful of them, and you can just drop them on the ground, they go... And essentially, they play out like a firecracker if a firecracker was legal in the state we live in. And and it's very much it's very much a one-off kind of thing, unless you can really carry it. Yeah, snappers. I'm, God, we used to get those in uh, Chinatown all the time. Yeah, you could... They're, they're, they're relatively simple to get. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for sparklers to be fucking illegal eventually, because, boy, nothing like phosphorus on a stick to, you know, to yeah. really light you on fire. I mean, I could do a lot of damage to a person with a, with a sparkler and a jello pudding. <laughs> That's very specific of you. I appreciate that. Mm. And like all good, and like all good tangents, we've flown screaming into the hills with with what we've been talking about, and I'm completely fine with that. You ever think Chuck Tingle will write a novel about me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Don Rickles will write. Will, will be able to write anything about Orlando because he's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It will probably be shit anyway. I don't think Don Rickles could make it funny. Oh my goodness, you are like, uh, what was it? A modern Oliver Twist. <laughs> Except with better hair. Please, and less uh, mange. Can I have some more? Such as it is. Yeah, I'm... I don't... I don't purport to give a shit about polite society because I don't live there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I hear the rent's pretty high and, you know, you have to live in some... Why'd you leave the door open? God damn you. I keep closing it because you keep opening it. I'm trying to keep everything soundproofed here. Uh, it doesn't stay closed. Well, you gotta tap it lightly. But, I mean, we're on a professional soundstage. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> like every good podcast, we're sitting in someone's fucking basement, bitching about bitching about how absurd reality is. Drinking grapefruit soda and eating Halloween candy. It's like depression if depression had a fucking neighbor. Surrounded by transformers, blades, and uh, a rooster clock. All I'm missing is a trilby and a fucking neckbeard, and I'm winning already. I have mutton chops. Oh, you're too hipster for this. Now I have to go and beat you to death with a cricket bat. I'm trying to, I'm trying to eventually look like a blonde lobo. <laughs> now you're envisioning it. Not really. That's fine. That one. That well, one. One thing you don't refer to yourself in the third person as the main man. The main man doesn't need to refer to oneself as the main man. This is this is clearly this is clearly the rails we jump off of. So to bring it into so to bring everything back into the center. Those of you who are still listening. Those of Why? You, for those of you who haven't checked out after hearing the the atrocious fucking bullshit we've been spouting for the for the last hour or so, good for you. But moreover, I, I don't I, I, using examples at this point is the only real way we can explain why the the, the PC culture, why polite society. It's it needs to be constantly be dragged out into the fucking light, it's displayed for all the world to see, and whacked like a fucking dusty rug in front of everybody, and the dust to get in their eyes, so that they can truly realize that this is absurd. Your nothing you do has any intrinsic value, and why the fuck are you getting so uptight about some of the most banal bullshit that exists in the world? Um, I hope you had a laugh while listening to us, and I hope you felt just a little bit naughty about it. Yes, now you tingly bits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get down there with the bacon grease and really just give it a good rub a dub dub. You know, that's the funny thing, but like. God work, damn it, why the hell did you have to remind me of Brokeback Mountain? I'm yeah. not. Well, first of all, I'm not. What, what was the old uh, so, so, South Park joke? 
It was a bunch of gay cowboys eating pudding. <laughs> eating pudding. I literally, when my wife, when my then girlfriend was talking to me about Brokeback Mountain, I'm like, well, well, she explained it to me, and he starts rattling off the premise, so it's about gay cowboys eating pudding. And then she had to look at me and take it, take it, take stock of what I said, and go, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> all right, that response she gave you was that when you knew. Yes. That was when you knew she was the one. Yes. Because <laughs> she had tr- good man. Good because man. because she took what I said and went, God damn it, he's not wrong. And remember, if your partner can't give you shit about things. No, you're not in a relationship. You're, you're in a hostage situation. <laughs> And remember, Stockholm Syndrome is sexy. Sexy, <laughs> sexy Stockholm Syndrome. Actually, I, I go and I flirt, but my goodness, that is my worst nightmare in dating in my mid-30s. Dating in your mid-30s and the weird Me Too culture we live in, it's just going to be, it would just be one throbbing headache after I'd another. Be, I'd end up and screaming you... back into the fucking goth thing, probably ending up with some 20-something old art school chick. See, this is why you... I'm not I'm not dating anymore. I just assume that you're, I just assume that your your then ex would just literally like collapse into a cocoon, and I don't know what you'd emerge as afterwards. I I, I try not to think about the uh, think about body horror in that level. <laughs> ascended to the all pixie. <laughs> oh no, I'm not Shyamalan would make a movie about it, but I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Nor should you. He doesn't deserve money. He deserves sadness. Not U A Bull sadness, but close. <laughs> Oh, you were well, He hasn't made a movie in a while. And For the good. betterment of the society we live in. You know what that leads me to believe? That German tax law has finally been reformed, and uh, good on you, Angela Merkel. <laughs> what happened? Well, all those taxes literally like like re- like a like it was like a whip of reality. It like hit him, and he like he collapsed on himself, and, and he folded into a little paper crane and like caught on fire, and then it smelled of chocolates. I'm going to assume that a rather instead on the more logical and reasonable explanation is that he went into the minor boxing circuit after dealing with too many critics. Uh, I, I hope he got the shit punched out of him by his critics <laughs> over and over again from different angles. Just, I just want to know that that actually happened. And I like, I've never seen any of his movies. I just know. Didn't they try to Motex? I have. <laughs> box him. I'm like, yep. that was stupid. I've seen Blood Rain. I, I know what hell looks like. I've seen Blood Rain, which is why I would have come in the thing with a goddamn cricket bat. <laughs> it's like taking your knees, old man. <laughs> I don't care how long you've been benching. If I if I dislocate it, I don't have to worry about your muscles. Your neck's small now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk about like per like curses of the two thousands that have actually kind of died out before twenty twenty. I appreciate that. Maybe they just died in general. I mean, mortality is a thing. We should, we should probably do that for another podcast. Yeah, so are successions. Yeah, so are successions. I'm sure that people who have listened to this are obviously sane and stable individuals. No. Anybody who's listening to this is our wild cacophonies given skin. What do we even And like we love you for it. <laughs> Dude, I haven't even figured a name for the fucking podcast. What do you expect me to Dude, do? Let's just use the name that we, <clears throat> I came up with before. Captain, uh, Cap, what was it? God damn it! It was something so stupid. Uh, Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Hut. Yeah, Haunted Tiki Bar. Tiki Bar? I thought it was a hut. I think it's a bar. God damn it! You're not even you're not even setting good parameters at this point. Uh, so yes, you have been you have gone past the palm fronds of sanity to Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. 
Yeah, it deserves the dead air there. That's yeah, all I'm getting. That was bad. <laughs> it was. <laughs> really bad. It's, like, it's like you were opening on Pee Wee's Playhouse. You just <laughs> you deserve to get kicked in the balls like he always wanted to be kicked in the balls. I still can't imagine like how is it illegal to masturbate in a porn theater? Isn't that what everyone's doing? In no, they want you to blue ball it till you get home and just to rupture a fucking wall. That's what they want. That's no, and even that they that's they medically unhealthy. Yeah. So does No Nut November, but here we fucking are. No, I'm not there. No one should be. They wanted to be like Mario characters drawn by Nintendrar. Um, rule number 15. You're not allowed to have sex, nor know what sex is. I mean, so there are people who naturally have that problem. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully, like, they're so autistic from the vaccinations, they can't do us harm. Uh, that also will be another topic, because I know you've been wanting to talk about the involuntarily celibate. In our oh, next, incels. Yeah. In our next, in our next section, I will. In our next top podcast episode, I will be delighted to put you on center stage in so that next, you can really get, dig into that. In the next foyer into the haunted tiki bar, incels, dinosaur pornography, Chuck Tingle's testicles, and sensual pleasures. <laughs> And with that, folks, we close down our lovely little nightmare. To those who want to know, I am Punk Toast on Twitter if they wish to talk to me. My friend Felonius is... Holy shit. The I Last sh Hexile. Oh, thank you for remembering, because I sure as hell don't. Yes. And uh, Orlando can be found on the curbside. All you have to do is pay him money. He'll give you a manila folder with a tape. We're not telling you what the tape has on it, but I'm also not telling you that it's not Andy Griffith old comedy routines. <laughs> and I'm just saying this, guys. You're going to want your family back. Yes. Uh, yep. And um, with that, uh, what is it? I want to say my normal thing I say is, like, uh, remember, kids, wherever you go, there you are.